I've been having these weird thoughts lately. Like, does any of this make sense? Or not? Welcome to Got It Memorized, the Kingdom Hearts recap podcast trying to make sense of all this mess before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. You might even figure out what's going on, maybe. Uh, my name is Joe. Uh, I'm joined by my friend Wheels. We just both woke up in Traverse Town. How are you doing? I'm a little disoriented. It's strange to be in this uh, a brave new world in which we find ourselves, um, but I think I'm getting my uh, getting my land legs back. Yeah, is it is it refreshing to be woken up by the tongue of a dog? No. <laughs> it is weird that I do find it weird that um like Sora seems to go off running looking for Pluto as if like uh, we'll get to whatever. Yeah. It is kind of like it was like well this is all I have now. So yeah. I guess I'll go this direction. You wanted you wanted to uh have sort of a corrections uh department at the beginning of the yeah, yeah, episode right. <laughs> though for last week. I'm already trying to talk about Traverse Town, but um yeah, so I wanna I wanna do this thing where I wanna return to our last episode before we get too far into this one. Um because just sort of reevaluating in the last week I've thought um a lot about some of the things that we had we were iffy on. Particularly that cave scene that we talked about for like five minutes. And um didn't know what was happening but uh, i think i was watching i was watching through the openings of the games most of them and i saw that scene in better graphics and i thought about it more and so we talked i know we talked about it last time i don't know if i actually kept it in the episode but we talked about um at near the end of the game you realize that Kyrie's heart is in sora just sort of hanging out um Right, and I don't want to get into details of why or anything, but that's clearly all that scene is, and that's why she flies into him. And but there's no body oh, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like oh, okay, duh. But her body, it, it's it's still not perfectly clear though, right? Because her body is an important like yes, well, her unconscious body that's not inhabited by a heart or a soul or whatever like becomes an important part of the story yes and um, that's somewhere right now yeah and that's that's the thing is like Kyrie sort of in this weird spot where uh her body and her heart were separated and it would make sense that her heart found its way to Sora um and that's I guess that's how it's visualized is how I'm perceiving it um yeah, that makes sense. And then, yeah, her body is like another fucking conversation. But, um, yeah, so that's that's one of the things. And then another thing that I thought about, um, I was watching one of those videos again and thinking something from Cinema Sense called the pronoun game, where um, a character says you, but what they might mean is not necessarily directly. So when the robed figure, which I learned is that's what he's called also, um, tell Sora you are the one or um, 
if they say you were the one who opened the door, I wonder if it's him or like you three or like you kids or what if there's yeah, if there's more yeah. to it just because as i did some reading i realized that sora again wasn't it just sort of stumbled into this position but uh i will get more into that in the spoiler episode all righty let's get to let's get to traverse town so as we mentioned you uh yeah you got we get to see sora uh wake up from uh pluto's um slobbery tongue pluto runs off and then sora follows pluto because i guess as you mentioned what he hasn't got a lot else at this point to do yeah i mean Um, i guess he's like well i guess i'm alive and in this place uh and then wanders out and I probably have a lot more of detail on Traverse Town than you do, just because I, unless you change the way you're watching it, because just watching the cutscenes, I feel like you'll end up missing. Um, yeah, I. I mean, nothing super important, but. Yeah, I can sort of connect the dots again just from playing it recently, but for the most part, you're gonna be. I'm just gonna sort of jut in where I'm like, all right, now I can talk about this cutscene. I think it's funny how. <laughs> the. For a game that's all about traveling to different worlds and exploring new and vastly different places, there's not a lot of time dedicated to doing that. Sora reacting to, I guess, my entire existence. Like, his and Riku and Kairi's whole thing is that they're going to try to explore different worlds, and then all we get for it is Sora runs out of that alleyway in which he was sleeping, it comes into the first district, looks around, and says, oh, wow, I guess I'm in a new world! And, like, it's not even in a cutscene. It is a cutscene, but it's not even a voice-acted cutscene. Um, yeah. And then he wanders around and... and uh, could choose to not even talk to Titus, who's who's standing there, uh, his old friend from is, Destiny Island. Is that Titus? I because I always yeah. I'm like, well, I mean, it's basically the same model, but <laughs> um, yeah, I always assume that was Titus, all right, and hanging out. That is weird. Again, like you can just pretend Titus isn't there, and it's the same game. But there is one more thing before we get into any cutscenes, which is that. Sometimes I feel like, especially in the first game, there feel like there are moments that there are few there are a few moments where Sora seems like he's written in such a way that with like an attitude that was like scrapped later on in like a later draft of the writing that sort of get left just because they weren't super important scenes specifically. Mm-hmm. If you walk into the uh, Sid's accessory shop at this point, Sid says, uh, uh, like, looks at you like you're a customer and says, oh, it's just a little kid. And then Sora gets mad at that and says, like, I'm no little kid. My name's Sora. What do you do here, gramps? And it's like, (laughs) it doesn't, like, calling, even even though he was just insulted by Sid, like... I don't. That seems like such a weird line for Sora to say. I don't know. Do you? Yes, do you I agree. I, I, I completely agree that it's weird, but 
that's the thing. I can either chalk it up to, um, yeah, they were kind of figuring out the character as they went, <clears throat> and they didn't really do a lot yeah. of backtrack and revising. They just sort of, yeah. Which, or I could chalk it up to he's a kid. He's not going to be super consistent. <laughs> um, that's yeah, that's fair. Um, and he's sort of figuring this out as he goes. So, um, that's the thing. I, I teeter back and forth between. Um, a more realistic like I've created things and I know how this goes and it's not um, super clean and perfect and I yeah. want to pretend it's super clean and perfect um, yeah so I'm sure we'll evaluate both sides of it for the rest of this entire podcast then Sora heads into the what is it the second district that's right next to the first district they don't always make sense but yeah. I think it is yeah um, um I also uh wanted to point out before this happens before Sora wakes up, but I kind of, my intro kind of put us above it. Um, Oh, sure. Was uh, the first thing we see in this world is Donald and Goofy see a star blink out of the sky, which. Oh yeah. They then say is a world looking at, which I guess we can assume is destiny islands. And it's, and it's what maybe really is. I mean, cause it's, it's just so back to back that I assume, but um, Hmm. what, what it made me think about though, is I don't think they, talk about this being the plot ever again like i can't think of another time where they really discuss that they're stopping the worlds from disappearing like it kind of i mean it kind of just becomes well i yeah. guess we're going to beat the heartless and the person controlling the heartless so yeah and i i guess it's just like in in the same way that you when you're trying to treat an illness you start with the symptom and then when you find out what is what the illness behind the symptom is you focus more on that i guess you could make the argument that once you figure out how to treat the illness you you don't really focus too much on the symptoms anymore that's that's a fair um evaluation of it too so uh, both both sides of that are pretty valid so yes. then Se- second district actually opens up with an interesting cutscene. Um, yeah, you see a, a gentleman turn into a soldier heartless. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of weird. <laughs> um, again, because it's like not something you ever really see again. Um, but it's kind of cool to attach that to um, so early. Like, now that you're sort of being able to connect to what they are to like why they are at least in the context yeah. of kingdom hearts one um so it's it's interesting and it's cool and then i guess i don't know if you ever really think about it again that i think it's just kind of like in the back of everyone's mind that oh yeah the hearts belong to people and it's not like brought to the forefront it doesn't have to be and then we get and then we get a description which we haven't gotten there yet but we get a description later on that completely contradicts the scene we just saw, but when we get... I guess w- w- there's not much later, between here and there. Later in this game? I mean, like, later in Traverse Town. Oh, yeah, then I must... I just don't remember what so, it is. That, I, re- I think I know regardless. what you're talking about. I probably just didn't connect the dots. Sure. Uh, um, uh, so then but the, then all that really happens is... Uh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that the following is just a really good visual goof that I like. Of, uh, oh, what what is that? The Well, not directly follows, but the... Uh, just the sequence of the Scooby Doo ass popping, oh, popping in one door. Sora goes into one. Yeah, Sora goes into one door, and Donald and Goofy end up opening the door to the place he was just at, and they sort of don't 
even they're all in the same place but never cross paths yeah um which then leads to Sora returning to the first district cuz I guess sure. Yeah, that's um, that's confusing as a gameplay thing <laughs> that you just yeah. wander around until there's no more down on a goofy cutscene. I mean, yeah. and then you go back um where there's some heartless and then Final Fantasy 8's Squall Leonhart shows up. Yeah. And fights you for the Keyblade. Did the theater mode have Sora win or lose against Squall? Uh, um, I think it's the lose cutscene. Because they're not, they're not too different. The win cutscene is uh, Sora saying something like, I, I don't know the exact line, but it's something like, like now I've got you or something like that, and then he faints from exhaustion. <laughs> yeah, and no, then, mine just uh, hard cut to him falling down. So, and then Yuffie comes up and says, uh, "You're losing your edge, Squall." And then he says, "My name's Leon," or what? Or maybe that comes later. But <laughs> that, that comes the, the later. name change. The, the name change is so weird. The but name change, like. So the the part of me that is a real person is like, oh, it's cool that a character would have a different chosen name that changes over time. The other part of me re- just learned in the last minute that his last name is Leonhart, and that makes it weird. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, like, yeah, like it's not weird that a person would change their name because that happens, as you mentioned, in real life all of the time. But it's weird in a narrative sense because. I mean, all of the Final Fantasy characters are strange in a narrative sense, and we were probably going to get to this anyway with Aerith, but even though this is like a Disney Final Fantasy crossover, it's like the Final Fantasy characters both do and don't have their Final Fantasy histories. Yeah, and it's... Like, in this canon, because they're all from... Hollow Bastion slash Radiant Garden, yeah, but which the, isn't ri- time, a real thing in Final Fantasy. Yes, but then, as you said, at the same time, you know, Cloud and Aerith have their relationship, and uh, um, and Cloud and Sephiroth have yes, their thing, in and Kingdom that's Hearts. its own conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, and we'll get to that more as it goes on. Um, there's some nice like symbolism and parallelism, and I'm thinking about part of birth by sleep that i was like oh that's cool and then i thought about it and i was like that doesn't make any goddamn sense why that happens <laughs> and um so yeah they corn they, they sort of pick and choose with the the final fantasy canon yeah so and i guess the reason that makes it strange to me that he changes his name is because it's like he i guess we learn later that he changes his name because he's upset that he couldn't save his world from the heartless but it's that's weird. it's just strange because like if it's like that's like not squall that's like not really a squall from final fantasy 8 like thing that happens mm-hmm. and i don't know it's like oh it's just a it's it's weird to take a character who's already whose canon is already confusing because it's sort of an alta version of them and then add that, add that element in yeah yeah and i, I wonder if and what's weird is that, like, if they didn't address it, 
I don't know if it would be less weird or more weird if they were just like, no, this is Leon. Um, yeah. But also, I'm just like, maybe it's just like Nomura or whoever involved with Kingdom Hearts just being like, I just like this name better. I just want to. I, I just want this to be the name that people say. Like it's like I wonder irrelevant. Do, this is. I probably should have paid more attention to this. Do they refer to him before we see him? I yes. think. I think they do because I think in the in Don the and letter say from they're Mickey, looking for Leon. Yeah, and like maybe that's why they do it is because it's supposed to be like all the Final Fantasy eight heads are gonna like are going to lose it when they see <laughs> that this Leon, this mysterious Leon we've been looking for is actually squally in heart. Like, yeah, like maybe that's why. And, and, and I guess that's sort of what it comes off as. And that seems to be sort of weird and cheap. Um, especially yeah. cause like, I that's, mean, I like that, final that, fantasy eight, but not many people like final fantasy eight. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it seems like a weird thing. If that, cause if that is what they're going for, then it almost feels like, well, that's like just a, a name you sacrificed then for the sake of it um yeah but it, it's it's irrelevant like once you get an hour into the game even like you have to be really into final fantasy 8 to care i think like deeply. yeah um anyway we've talked about leon's name for like five minutes now <laughs> i mean you gotta fill this podcast with something it's true um because lord knows there's not enough to talk about with kingdom hearts <laughs> uh <laughs> but yeah so let's say all right so um I guess I can take it that losing is canon. It doesn't matter. He falls down anyway. Um, yeah. So on my end, uh, from that it goes to a final mix cutscene. Did you? Yeah, yeah. So I did was able to determine on which platform Jet Monkey HD Gaming was was playing Kingdom Hearts, and it was the PlayStation Three final mix. So fantastic. Um. Yeah. um so yeah, this cutscene's pretty short, and it's now you know what I'm talking about the like the not voice acted things. Yeah, that was real because because at first I was like, whoa, I don't remember this cutscene at all because I hadn't played Final Mix, mm. uh, and I was like, I don't remember seeing Riku like ever it, ever in Hollow Bastion, and certainly and then and then when he started to yell like Sora and Kyrie, and there wasn't voice acting, I realized. Uh, I remembered what you said that the final mix cutscenes weren't voiced, so that is a good way of of letting me know when it's yeah. something I haven't seen before. Yeah, um, definitely. And it's that's I guess it, it helps. I think I think the cutscene's useful because it lets us know that while Sora landed in Traverse Town, Riku, because he went directly through the darkness, landed in uh, Hollow Bastion and yeah. was uh, therefore met Maleficent a lot mm-hmm. sooner than and... than Sora, but. Also, I think it connects the dots because we spin this game. This game is really harsh on Riku because he goes like he starts off being kind of a, a dickhead to you, even though he's like your best yeah. friend or whatever. And he shows up again and he's just like, no, your friends are dumb. You should hang out with me instead. And he's like, yeah. got this like dark power or whatever. And in reality, he's really just being pushed around all the time. Right. And and then he ends up being like the most important character ever <laughs> and does yeah. all the important things um including like he's the, i won't get into it but he's good he's good boy <laughs> and um and yeah but it i, I like this cutscene because it does add um most of the added cutscenes i think focus on riku um sort of adding hmm. his place in this mess um 
but sort of showing this one and seeing Maleficent, you're like, oh, okay, well, my brain can connect those dots and be like, well, she's gonna fucking fuck shit up with him. So yeah. Um, what what I do like on top of that detail is the first thing he does is yell for his friend. So it's not like he went in there like, all right, time to be a dickhead. He was like, right, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I guess it is important to say that we do see like Maleficent's uh forearm right there at the end of it yeah it kind of it kind of zooms let, out letting the viewer watching. know yeah um yeah no it's it's good it's a good scene uh so then we see donald and goofy meet Aerith. who do they say Aerith or eris i never remember i just blocked they it say they say Aerith. they do okay cool um weird <laughs> that they were like no we're gonna go back and say Aerith. I think in most of the Final Fantasy VII media, it's just Aerith like, now. Yeah, there, I yeah, don't. I, I still see some people who are on the who are really confused about that for some reason. <laughs> well, I think it was something like Eris was originally like not that accurate of a translation, and then in yeah, later that's... editions they just changed it to Aerith because that was a closer translation. Mm-hmm. But I mean, whatever. Yeah. I just I see people who are like, no, it's Eris because that's what I saw first, <laughs> and that's and that's really the end of their argument. Um. Uh. So yeah. So Donald and Goofy meet Eris. Donald reacts as if he's seen a ghost, which is funny to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, also, like I mean, uh, Final Fantasy VII joke aside, she has a we- like. She- her model is terrifying. Like her it's weird. Her eyes it's... are like a little dead. Yeah, and this is this isn't a really a spoiler, so I'm going to talk about Kingdom Hearts two for a second. Um, it becomes weirder in two because everyone got to gets the Advent Children outfit. Yeah, but there's a reason she doesn't have one, and <laughs> so she looks exactly the same, and it's like more out of place because everyone's in these like badass cyber goth black outfits, and um, <laughs> she's just still there. Then it's, it's like, all right. Yep. Uh, so Sora then wakes up in the hotel. Um, and we get this sort of cross-cut, cross-cutting um, exposition dump, which I feel like is a, is a decent way I'm to I'm super make... into it. What's that? I said I, I was super into it. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think the cross, and by cross-cutting, I mean both, I guess it's, I can't remember if it's Yuffie or... Uh, Leon, who's providing most of the information for it's Sora, kind of back and forth. But then also, Aerith is providing that same information to Donald and Goofy, and you sort of cut back and forth between the two different rooms as like the same speech is being given. Mm-hmm. Um, and while uh, info dumps like that are are typically really they feel really clunky because it's just like, all right, the audience needs to know a thing, so a person is just gonna say it for a very long time, like. You know, usually you want to show not tell in mediums like this, but yeah. I think by at least giving you some an interesting like, making you sort of focus on the uh, yeah, not, because... irony is the wrong term, but the sort of synchronicity of yeah. of both uh, Donald and Goofy and Sora getting the same information at the same time, like one room away from each other, is at least kind of amusing. So it makes it more tolerable. Yeah, and I mean we're still sort of getting used to Donald and Goofy's characterization in this game yeah so that's good there's a couple good goofs um like donald grabs the camera and drags it to him which is really interesting (laughs) um 
Uh, I do also want to mention, this is, it's kind of irrelevant for this episode, but I could bring it up now because I already talked about it in this episode. When Sora wakes up, he, he sees, well, Yuffie's in front of him, but he sees uh, Kyrie and hears Kyrie's voice saying the things that Yuffie's saying. And I wonder if it is meant to sort of re, again, I'm assuming they knew everything as they were going through it. But if it's meant to sort of reinforce this idea that Kyrie is with him. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, or if it's just, you know, because you can ignore that and it still passes off as like, oh, yeah, that's a trope. People do that in movies and shows and shit. So, um, but yeah, so that was something that caught my attention. And I think that was one of the things that made me think more about like, oh, duh, Kyrie's with him. So. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it I think it works in that reading and and it it makes sense given like the other like wider <laughs> Kingdom Hearts franchise things we know about like how hearts uh, like the the other example we have of of uh, a heart being stored in someone else's heart and how their body can manifest in different uh, ways because of that yeah so. um and this, I, was, I was reading a lot of information this past week sort of uh connecting some dots because we were planning on doing the spoiler episode and i'm thinking and I'm, I'm reading and thinking like man it's just like here's all these rules that just don't fucking apply to the characters that we talk about um and it's like literally it's like this is a unique uh example this is an extremely unique example it's like all yeah. the all the things that happen are like complete outliers, um, which I, I think I'm into. It dep- By the it dep- way, uh, this is where we get like a really contradictory explanation of the Heartless because Leon describes them as uh, people without hearts, uh, which is not what they are because they're hearts without people. <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's messy um we'll probably talk more in the spoiler episode about the heartless to sort of touch on it um yeah because i think they reevaluate sort of the mythos of the heartless later on um yeah but i mean generally like we've been we've already been given two different two pretty yeah <laughs> uh yeah and and i mean there could be a reason for that um because I mean, there is more types of heartless than one. Um, yeah, yeah. And as we'll get in a minute, um, it sounds like Leon read uh, Ansem reports, so yeah, he probably has some information based on that. We do also get conf- we, this is also where we learn that the Ansem reports are a thing because Aerith tells Donald and Goofy that there was a man named Ansem who studied the heartless and uh, yeah, he was goofy suspect that maybe that's what King Mickey was trying to find is either the reports or the man himself. Mm -hmm. Do they mention like who like the answer was like from their world and was important there or just that he studied the heartless? I I think they might've mentioned that he was from their world. If so, it would have been like a really short passing mention. Yeah. Because I think maybe maybe they just mention it later in the game, because um, I know that's important later. 
Uh, but yeah, then that's basically the the bulk of the exposition. Something because then the because then the heartless attack pretty soon after. Yeah, they sort of show up in the room, um, and then. Oh, one other thing, Squall re- or sorry, Leon refers to Sora as the chosen one because he has a keyblade, which is funny on like six different levels. <laughs> yeah, uh, for us, and yeah, that's definitely yeah. something I want to talk about later on. Um, yeah, so we'll talk about that in the in the next episode with spoilers because, but it's just it, we're, we I figured we were there, so I should note it on the non-spoiler episode. Yeah, and it's again like totally makes sense um from like the creator perspective of like they didn't know where this was going they didn't know right. this was going to be like a 15 year franchise um so yeah for all intents and purposes why isn't Sora the chosen one um they sort of fill in the gaps everywhere else in the other games so but yeah so after so the heartless show up and they sort of fight him and uh, either Leon or Yuffie slams the door to the other room and fucking murders Donald Duck. <laughs> uh, which is good. I really like how like the battle music slowly fades out and he's just there. Turned flat by the mm. door. Very. I like, I like the slapstick in these games. They're very good. Yeah. But then, yeah, you jump out of a window with, with Leon. Uh... Leon Squallheart is what I'm assuming his new name is. Yeah. And, uh, so then they go to the third district. Is it straight from there to there? Uh, no, you get the alleyway. And Leon is like, ignore the small fry. Go for the leader. And then just like darts off leaving you. Uh, With the small fry. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Sora fights his way through. Um, bunch of Heartless. And then wanders into the third district where we get a brief scene with Donald and Goofy where they first see some Heartless and they get cornered by them and launched off of a balcony uh, and end up landing on Sora uh, and then notice that he has the Keyblade just in time and they recognize it as the key uh, for which Mickey told them to search and uh, just in time because... Uh, right at that moment, the uh, the heartless boss shows up, and is it colored differently in Final Mix? I feel like it I is. remember that boss being colored not as uh, yeah, that's red, yellow, and bluish. There's a lot of color changes in Final Mix. Um, weird. It is weird. There's also some new enemies, um, but yeah, it's kind of it. It threw me off the first time too. Um, it's not that inspiring of a boss. It's just one where you fight hands and then feet and then the body yeah, yeah the only thing really worth mentioning is that it does bring attention to when Sora defeats it that you see the heart sort of fly away yeah um which sort of connects back to um what he had learned earlier like oh it takes it and then if you beat it with a giant oversized key it there it goes off somewhere I guess probably good right like do we already know that Heartless are only truly defeated if they're defeated by the Keyblade. Uh, so no, I don't yeah. think we do. But it's I, no, I don't think I don't think that's important. Yeah, yet. yeah, it it is, but I don't think it's important in this game. Yeah. Um. 
So after that, there's a cutscene where Donald and Goofy talk to Sora. I guess. And uh, Leon encourages Sora to go with Donald and Goofy uh, on there. We can travel to other worlds on our vessel! Um, which is, like, the most sci-fi shit for Goofy to say. Yeah, like... Uh, but, um... And then Donald is like, uh, and we can we can help you find your friends. And then Goofy is like, do you really think we can find them? And then Donald says, well, no, but it <laughs> will. But we need to stick with the king said we needed to stick with the guy with the key. So yeah, which he's gonna I, lie to him. So this is I mentioned this earlier, and I, you know, I'm bringing it back up. Donald Duck is straight up just Taco from the Adventure Zone. Um, or maybe <laughs> yeah. even the other way around, because he's just this shitty magician, <laughs> and he's like, I don't yeah. fucking know if we're gonna find his friends, but you know, it works for us. And then like, yeah. we'll get to like the Aladdin worlds and shit where Donald is seen really, really liking to take things of value. So, <laughs> um, just 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 something worth mentioning, I think. Yeah, and then Leon says it is a good idea to go with them because how else is. Sora are going to get to other worlds to find his friends. So uh, Sora's yeah. like, fine, I'll go. And then can't remember if it's Donald or Goofy says like, oh, it's, it is Donald says like, well, our ship runs on happy faces and makes uh, Sora cheese a little bit. And then they laugh at him for a little bit. And uh, Goofy says that he does have a funny face. And then they, uh, leave right there's nothing after that yeah no they're good um Sora makes a dumb face they leave and then we see a cutscene of uh the Disney villains hanging out oh yeah just sort of talking which I mean it's weird because they're all sort of like hidden in shadow and mysterious outlines but like if you know their voices it's pretty obvious who they are yeah um which it's interesting to reevaluate the scene knowing that she's met Riku. Maleficent, um, you mean, yeah. Yeah. Um so Yeah, that's In what way? What 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 does that change about it in your view? Um just just her plans, I guess. Um yeah. cuz you know, in the end she does end up sort of relying on him for a lot of shit. Um yeah. And just using him but it's it's interesting to know that how early on she had that in mind. Yeah. Captain Hook says something weird about scallywags or swaddle my feet or something like that, <laughs> which is like kind of weird. And I don't like the the pirate slang he says is just it's it's too much. It's um, yeah, it's a little a little weird. It's it's very like they're really pushing these the personalities of these. Uh, characters um to which a po- i think is good like it, you, the in this scene like like you said they're they're technically shrouded in darkness so you can't technically see their faces but the fact that their silhouettes are very um identifiable and their voices are even more identifiable i don't necessarily and and as you mentioned their personalities are turned up i don't necessarily think you're not supposed to know who they are um but it has because it's our first time seeing them. It has an interesting atmosphere of like mm-hmm. uh, 
um, this like shadowy cabal of all of the Disney, uh, the recognizable Disney villains. Yeah. Uh, working together. I think it has a nice effect. Yeah, it's, it's good. Um, I always, I, I don't remember who now, but I always thought it was weird that like certain people weren't included. Um, but I think that's mainly with people that show up in two. Or mainly just people that end up being villains that I'm like, well, that's weird. Right, like, I don't, there's no one from the Tarzan world, because no one from that world is connected front to Maleficent, for example. Mm-hmm. Also, it, it boggles me that Ursula is one of these, like, House of Mouse collection of villains. But also, Ariel isn't a princess of heart. Which always Oh, she isn't, that's right. Out. Yeah, no, but fucking Alice from Alice in Wonderland is. <laughs> um, yeah, that's weird. That's Yeah, there's some weird stuff, but it's mainly just like, not like a weird story-wise, just weird like, okay, that's an interesting decision you guys made. Yeah. So, we went through that way faster than I thought. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty short world. Yeah. I think a lot of the stuff we have to talk about in regards to Traverse Town that we're going to talk about in a minute when we do the spoiler episode. Yeah. So, um, So that's fun. So that's Traverse Town. Oh yeah, I guess got that, it. Oh. <laughs> I guess that is Traverse Town. I never, I'm never prepared. It always catches me by surprise. Um, we didn't do any talking about who we are. Does that matter? <laughs> oh, we, uh, yeah, sure. Um, I'm on Twitter at the Travis W. You can um listen to other shows i do very random encounters is an actual play role-playing game show where we randomly determine as many elements as possible we're currently playing the 1980s uh marvel superhero game i'm playing uh the red mind who is a former uh soviet state-sponsored superhero now living in the united states um i guess since i went so long on that one plug i'll have that be my major uh, plug for this week very random encounters our second season is very good you don't have to listen to any of the earlier seasons to listen to season two you're just like just don't listen to the first part just i mean the first now. season's very good and zeg Nilm is also a great character that i play in the first season but like we it is the first season so we're sort of figuring things out and season two we have things already figured out and it's quite good from the beginning good uh i, I can be found on twitter at i literally just changed my handle today um at uh ghost of joe so ghost of jo um and i do another podcast called we are watching one piece in which uh my friend and i talk about one piece um i actually finally got my ass off or got off my ass and i got my ass <laughs> finally, off finally got my ass off <laughs> uh i got uh i got uh my off my ass and got that shit on itunes now you can listen to it wherever you want basically um so that's good uh we're i think we're going to be doing more of that soon i think he's we're getting we're, we're at this part where like there's like two filler arcs that we don't want to talk about but jory is like i'm gonna watch him anyway <laughs> so <laughs> it's like well okay that's just we'll get another episode eventually because next up run jaya and skypea which is like a lot of people's least favorite stuff um so i'm excited to try and make it better <laughs> um, for like, add that sort of like, no, it's good because of this. It's all I got. So that's Driver's Town. Got, got it. it. Memorized. Memorized. We were together.